you just uh, moved as well? Yes, I was did. It, were you you were based in Australia, or? Yeah, I w- yeah, I was like I came straight from Gold Coast, Australia, and yeah, now I'm in Auckland. So it's so, good. Sort of what what prompted that? Because last time we spoke, you were uh, locked in. <laughs> it was like a lockdown hotel room when you came back. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Definitely a different mind frame. So, um, what was sort of the prompt to move? Yeah, I think it was, um, I've always sort of wanted to move, but because of the lockdowns and the COVID restrictions, I couldn't get like in. And then, um, I, yeah, it's just been something that I've wanted to do for a, like a long time. And then I finally just made the move and I was able to, yeah, finally come to New Zealand for the gym. Obviously, that's like a big motivator. And then here we are. Mm-hmm. And because you're originally from there, um, was there like any sort of homesickness there or is it like your family was living in Australia? Um, yeah, there's still like definitely homesickness because uh, for the Gold Coast rather than for here. I think I feel like I never really felt homesick for New Zealand because I left when I was like 10. So and I mm-hmm. left from Christchurch instead of Auckland. So yeah. um, I've never really like been to Auckland that much, I guess. So but it was always on my sort of mind of like wanting to come back and reconnect with New Zealand and, and really get into my culture as well. So I guess it wasn't necessarily homesickness, but just um, the motivation to move back and connect. Especially as you grow, like you start like appreciating those things a little bit more. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, yeah. Uh, is, uh, now you had to do probably a lot of thinking as well, like after that, that last fight, right? Like, because it was like, there was a lot of like strenuous circumstances uh, you know, there was uh, the eye uh, surgery. I didn't know you had an eye issue until, look, you had one before the fight. And then after the fight, you completely dealt with it, was it? Um, that- Kind of, yeah. It was like, um, so the issue arose like before the fight, for sure. I got the initial surgery, um, like it was literally like two months or three months before the fight. Um, I, I got the surgery and then I got the call up that they wanted me to fight on Hawaii. So I kind of just like accepted the fight and then uh, worked around the injury, got back in the cage. My eye medicals were kind of up to date, which was lucky. And then when I returned back to Australia, then I had to get another surgery. So, and then that kind of just finished off the whole process. So yeah, it was a few things. And what was it like? What, what was up with the eye? Um, I had a detached retina in my left detached eye. Detached retina, so. yeah. Very, which is yeah. yeah very common in the sport but like could be could be real bad like career ending <laughs> sometimes so luckily that's not yeah the case. And, um did any of the fact that you knew you were gonna come back like you had to do the recheck up and everything and like probably get some more work done on it like did that affect um your mindset at all like going in um yeah a little bit i definitely feel like i knew so i was meant to get that surgery before the fight as well um but i guess i just kind of like cut a deal with my surgeon and my ophthalmologist and um him and i just decided to get it when i got back from hawaii so mm-hmm. i was very lucky that he was kind of um coordinating with me to yeah do it like after but I, at the same time i think it was playing on my mind that i needed that second one and mm-hmm. i was um it was kind of necessary for my complete recovery so i knew that i needed to sort of look after it in a sense which like in hindsight looking back i was like subconsciously sort of 
uh, protecting the eye in the fight. Mm. And I think for that reason, it was just wasn't like the best performance. Mm. Probably not so much in the camp. Like I worked really hard in the camp, but um, yeah, during the fight itself, I just sort of, it maybe played on my mind. Mm. Yeah, because... I mean, you've talked about this before, like the 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 gun shyness and everything like that. Like that's something that's very common that affects people. But um, so I guess you know the fact that the you know the eye, the detached retina, and everything could have like played a factor in sort of the gun shyness and also not trying to engage as much in case you get hit there or anything like that. Something happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of like what I felt. Um, yeah, it affected. I I was. Also, maybe not process because I've been extremely lucky with injuries. I was maybe not processing the um, importance of the injury and just how much it was going to affect me. I think I was just sort of trying to play things by ear and tough it out and just get straight back in there. And if I got straight back in there, then it didn't happen kind of in my head in yeah. a sense. And what better like place to fight than Hawaii? Like I didn't want to lose the opportunity as well. So I think it was just a few factors that played into me sort of rushing back and I didn't necessarily need to do that. I didn't need, I didn't have anything to prove to anyone, but at the same time, I, I had also taken a, a longish layoff off again mm-hmm. and I hadn't been as active as I wanted to be because um, like you're saying, after our interview and me being in that hotel quarantine, I got out of that hotel quarantine. We got into another lockdown and that sort of pushed me to go over to San Diego. So it was just like, one thing after the other I feel um that pushed me further away from at the end of the day like not even just for financial motivation but just for the fact that you just want to fight you know you want to continuously stay active as much as you can I like I love what I do I wanted to get back in there and I didn't really want the um eye injury to stop me from doing that so I guess like in hindsight it probably wasn't the best idea but um my motivations were what they were and I just kind of rushed myself back in there yeah, you rest. So, how do you how do you sort of like what are some things that keep you uh, calculated at that time? Because it's always like a very emotional decision, you know. Like, um, you just emotionally you really want to fight, you really want to do this. You probably attach a lot of your personal your purpose and everything to that to fighting and everything. But then also like having to make those calculated decisions of like, um, I shouldn't do this now. These are the things I should be working on now. Rediscovering maybe also my my hunger killer instinct, which we'll get into a little bit. But like, how do you stay calculated and how do you how do you stay happy maybe like making that decision yeah I guess like um I've been doing this for a long time I guess my mindset especially straight after that injury and surgery was very old school I just like I've never I never said no to a fight really like I I've maybe during COVID and stuff there was some issues with like visas and getting to certain countries and that kind of thing but um or like I haven't even really been injured to say no to a fight as well. So that's kind of been lucky. Um, pretty much the only fights I've said no to have been the like boxing fights or something because they coincide with MMA. But for me, like I always just think like fighters fight. So, um, you sort of say yes to whatever. And for that reason, I think I just had that same mindset and I just said yes anyway. But I should have like looked back and, and sort of um i addressed the whole situation addressed the injury how long it's going to take me to come back to like full full recovery the problem was i knew that i was never going to see properly again so i sort of was just like oh it doesn't really get worse at least so um because i've already sort of lost the vision but um i guess i should have definitely calculated a little bit more and thought through the process of how it was going to affect the next like six to 12 months kind of thing but 
at the same time, like I don't now that I look back, obviously hindsight is a beautiful thing and it's been since yeah. like May last year or whatever. I I feel good about my process of um of recovery and where I'm at now with the injury and then like uh I still have this great opportunity against Sinead to fight in Dublin and and um kind of gain that momentum back and, and make up for the miscalculation and misjudgment that I feel like I made. Mm. Yeah, so I didn't I wasn't aware that it was still affecting you. Like that, it that you actually like lost a lot of vision. Yeah, so, yeah. So really that's like, like, yeah. Damn. So so mentally, how do you, you know, how do you sort of work on the positivity of that, like, and 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 dealing with it, like, you know, Just something you yeah, take for granted. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I've always had perfect vision, so it was a bit of a shock, especially like I mean before the um surgery as well they definitely warned me that I was going to be nearsighted but I didn't really expect it to be as bad as it was I thought that nearsighted possibly meant like one or two meters away and everything else would be everything further would be hard to see but it turns out um nearsighted literally means like this is the only thing that would be clear um so it's kind of like insane but I'm I've just adjusted and I'm I'm lucky that I'm quite deep in my career and deep in in training that i it's not been a massive adjustment like i obviously have that muscle memory and rep, repetitive habits of coming to the gym and, and doing going through the motions of each technique so um i've and i've still got one good eye so i guess that kind of helps as well it's been mentally a bit of an adjustment for sure but um we just kind of worked through and i just knew what i needed to do was normalize it for me and and sort of if I don't really complain about it and I just sort of continue on then you know like it's either that or I like either the complain or I just quit like there's no yeah you, like you might as well just like get adjusted to it and and work around it I know a lot of people have had much worse injuries that have taken them away from the sport for a lot longer of course like your vision is extremely important but at the same time like I'm still very lucky to be able to train and still be able to fight so um, that's sort of sure. what I'm trying to concentrate on instead. Well, Mike Bisping had it worse, and he became a world champion. So, you know, exactly. Those, those, yeah. are, those are case and studies you can like look back on and stuff. Yeah, and I've watched that documentary, and that obviously helps, and information from other people. And then, I, I like alongside that, just me being able to give information to other people as well. I've had a few people um reach out to me after having a similar injury, and therefore I can give a little bit of advice. Um, and hopefully make it a little bit less daunting for them. Like maybe that's what it was there for. There's always like a higher yeah. purpose in these lessons. Yeah. It's like just like when you go through anything, like um, you know, when you're stronger in groups and like figuring, finding out that you're not alone and, you know, people having the same issues as you, it just, it's uh, comforting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But so you still get to enjoy traveling and you still get to enjoy like traveling for these fights for your career and everything and it seems like you just always uh being in bellator like i feel like you get opportunities abroad more than you know in in ufc actually where most of those events are taking place in vegas now so that's a blessing and now you're going to ireland in two weeks uh, well you're fighting in two weeks uh against Janet kavanaugh who you've already beat but now she has that home advantage um and you have to make a statement you feel like you know after after your last fight uh, how how do you approach this fight differently? Also, knowing in the back of your mind that you've already beat her, but the circumstances being different. Yeah, circumstances different, but as as that, it's been four and a half years since our original meeting in the cage. So, 
of course I have the mental advantage knowing that I've beaten her before and and sort of and not even just that but just both of us know sort of to an extent what to expect obviously we're both grown as athletes during that four and a half years but I think uh I think it's an even more exciting fight than it was originally now because of that rematch um aspect of it and as well as that just because of where we've sort of being after our original fight and and being back in Dublin for her um, obviously adds a lot more encouragement and motivation, I'm sure, as well. And then for me, it just gives me that underdog advantage that I'm definitely not um, unfamiliar with. So I'm extremely excited to sort of just showcase. I think she's the perfect test for me at this exact time. And um, for that reason, I'm super excited for it. That Irish crowd is loud. You know, yes, and they, they yes. appreciate fighting, so that's what I can't wait for the crowd. The crowd's gonna be crazy. If alone for that, I'm just gonna go probably probably for that, if anything. So let's, let's mm. just figure that out. Mm. It was an impulsive decision yesterday, but like I'm seriously looking into it. So yeah, yeah I highly recommend. Three Arena is about to go off. Absolutely. And so <laughs> have you looked at around like have you looked around at the pubs and Irish pubs and everything for those post fight celebrations or anything? Like <laughs> Look, look what's around. Not yet. But at the moment, it's kind of funny because I know two different people that are there like in Dublin at the moment from this side of the world too. So I was like very oh. surprised. And then like one of my other friends is in London and I, I head to London straight after. I've been to London before, but still it's just like, um, it's exciting. Like knowing that it's such a, such a very like unique part of the world. I think I've, I've lived in Scotland before. So I sort of, and I've, oh. I've been to the UK like a few times, but um, so I kind of know what to expect in the way of like um, environment and, and weather and stuff. But I do feel like the Irish will just hit a little bit different for sure. Well, hopefully that happens after a after a big win, you know, and uh, they're not too mad at you for beating the hometown girl, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have like quite a decent fan base over there, too, which is kind of cool. It's nice to know that I think from our original fight when Sinead and I fought and then, of course, fighting Leah not too long after. Mm -hmm. um, the the Irish are familiar with me in a sense, so it's kind of exciting. And she just and she just came came off a big win against Leah, so like uh, there yeah. also in Ireland at the time. So, um, how do you, you know, you know, discover that killer instinct that you thought you were? How are you going to tap into that now this time? Um, I feel like, especially in previous interviews, we've spoken about just like connecting back with my lineage and my primal instincts and then of course just like my culture in that so I feel like being here and 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 being at this phenomenal gym under like such great guidance and and with great training partners um has just been a massive motivator in itself I feel like everything sort of personally as well leveling out for me like in the way of like my maturity as as an adult and and being more settled and grounded um has definitely kind of stabilized me and being able to just concentrate on that raw, sort of draw from that raw instinct that I had when Sinead and yeah. I first fought. I really feel like I don't even think people realize how bad that camp was for me um, in the lead up to preparing for her the first time and how messy it was. Whereas this is a complete different story. And, and I've like, I haven't had a day off in seven weeks. Like I haven't missed a session. I haven't, you know, cut any corners like that in itself just gives you that mental clarity that gives you the integrity to know that you've put the work in so it can only, you know, 
be shown in a in a performance. So um, I think that's where I'm going to draw her off for this fight, and for that reason, um, we should have see that killer instinct once again. So you just really managed to tap into different sources of confidence, and it all come, comes back to confidence at the end of the day. Definitely yeah. integrity. Anything, nothing yeah. beats integrity. I feel like in in life, not even just in fighting, but in life, if you feel you have good integrity in yourself because you've earned it some way or you've like proved to yourself some way, then your relationships get better. Your, your day-to-day gratitude gets better, you know, like your mindset gets better. So it's really hard to, to see me kind of not improving off my performances with such a better prep and such a uh, better place, like um, mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been doing that a lot too. Like nowadays, a self-reflection more. Like I always was going head first into things, and I talked about this all the time. Like it's it, the last two years, especially, I've been such like a, a race, and like things and doors have been opening, and the people I've been able to meet that like I see the bigger picture of what I'm working on, and kind of like reflect back. And it comes from being grateful and sort of thinking about like only two years ago, for example. For example, I was just a fan of the sport, right? Two years ago. And now I'm in it, I'm working with these people, I'm meeting them, I'm managing them and stuff like that. And don't think about that because you're just going 100 miles an hour. But if you think back, I'm like, that guy would be proud of me, you know? Of course. I recently and he specifically says one of the biggest things you should do is appreciate yourself. And, and for one of those reasons, appreciating yourself is looking back on how far you've come. Yeah. Big thing. And now we're talking about city kickboxing. So that's where you where you're at, and they have a huge stable of talent and champions, and you know, and basically it's like every every champion or every ranked fighter, big name from the region that you can refer to, has some link to it, either whether they train there or have trained there, or you know, like. So, is there any part of you that feels more motivated because you're tr- sort of representing such a big gym, and you sort of want uh, to do them proud? You know what I mean? Fit in in a sense, with your accomplishments? Absolutely. I think, like, in the back of my mind, it's been one of those things I want to give back to what everyone has given me during this camp. All the attention and effort and and energy that everyone's given me, I definitely want to return it with success. But um, as well as that, I think I'm at a point in my career where this is my eighth fight with Bellator and on my own accord and on my individual journey, like, I've done a lot of this stuff by myself. So... At the end of the day, I know I don't owe anyone anything, but I absolutely have been just inundated with gratitude of of like how much people have given me in this gym in such a short time and, and how much they've allowed me to be a part of the team and um and just taken me under their wing in a sense. And and not, it hasn't even been a question for people to, to turn up for my sessions and because we kind of do things a little bit different and sometimes separate the groups and whatever it may be, whoever gets asked to be there for, for my purpose in a sense and, and as a body for me um always shows up. And it's just like that in itself just gives me so much gratitude to want to do well. And I'm like, if I am surrounded by all these people that are um, successful and, you know, like very familiar with that, that top level of MMA, then I just can't really see myself failing. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's a fail, like no fail mentality that they create. So, because I was going to ask, what what are yeah. the aside from the training itself, like what are the biggest differences, um, you know, that you think are a positive influence on you? I think like being from here as well, I really felt like I've been to this gym once or twice, um, just like for maybe a week or two at a time. 
Um, and it's always been great, always been super welcoming. But now moving here is a different story. Obviously, you're you become part of the furniture and and things get a, a little bit different. But at the same time, being from here and being with like minded people that are from the same side of the world as me and, and from a similar culture um, means that I feel like this is probably the one place that I fit in really well. And I, I've had so much even like in return, I've had so much positive sort of feedback on that. And that just makes me feel even better like and and I guess when you feel like you are appreciated and you're actually part of the team and you're and you're giving them as much value as they are to you then I guess that just just again goes back to the integrity and and helps you mentally be focused the reciprocation aspect of it's kind of like I mean yeah yeah it's amazing like I'm glad that I can help everyone else as much as they can help me and then and and be a positive influence for whether it be females, younger people, just the teammates in general, help give advice on all my mistakes that I've made. Like that's one of my biggest things that I want to do. Now that the scene's kind of changed so much, like just, yeah, be mm -hmm. knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. So do other, like in the off season and stuff like that, are there, like, do you have talks with Bellator as well about your future? And are there other organizations as well that are reaching out to you and stuff like that? I mean, I haven't um, as of late. And I think it's just because of how busy I've been, like, and how much I've been, like, as you're kind of saying, like, I'm always traveling. I'm always moving around, which has been yeah. my downfall. It hasn't necessarily been on purpose, but it has definitely been one of my biggest downfalls. As well as that, I've obviously had a lot of growth during it, but I... um also just like find that now I'm a little bit more grounded I'm able to look beyond like you know what's just in front of me like you're saying you kind of just have your head down when you're you're pushing out a goal and now I can look at the bigger picture because my personal life and everything like that has been a little bit more settled and I have this yeah. home kind of base and stuff like that that'll that'll sort of fish into everything else it's kind of what I'm feeling right now like um it's like I call many places home. It's like, you know, you're a citizen of the world. I'm starting to see the world as one place, uh, but it is like making it really difficult to sometimes, like I know where I have to be and where I have to be physically and where my network is and everything, which is where I'm trying to go to, but also that stuff and looking into it. And like, I live in Amsterdam. That's my residence. But 2022, I've only spent four months here, you know, and it makes it difficult <laughs> to sort of build like those uh, serious relationships or like commitments and stuff, especially like whether it's romantic or anything. Um, mm. And you have you have to be focused on the goal you know like it's you're all over the place you, like mentally you kind of don't i can't focus on one thing at the same time yeah. absolutely yeah you can't look beyond that because you don't have enough energy for it and you're yeah. too busy worried about the little like logistics of traveling where are you going to sleep tomorrow and stuff like that so it's <laughs> that's hard. what it is yeah yeah so, so um and what are some of those like you're always busy so you're always like working on things outside of fighting as well like what are some of the things that you you you've been the most excited about that aren't related to fighting or perhaps like sponsorship yes like yeah. yeah i guess like for the last couple of months my biggest focus has just been settling um obviously integrating into the team and 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 into my environment and and where i'm living setting up a whole new home again and and starting again so really from scratch especially like both me and my flatmate who's a very good family friend which was very lucky and i feel like the universe sort of backed us up there and brought us together to live together nice. which has been phenomenal but um for that reason we both moved from australia so we really are starting from scratch he bought some of his stuff but we didn't have any furniture we didn't have 
you know, beds and all those important things. It's a figure so out Ikea, starting, Ikea puzzle. Yeah, again. And they don't have Ikea here, which is ridiculous. Oof. I didn't know that. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Um, it's just been like, yeah, so many things. But um, as well as that, it's also given me a little bit of opportunity to sort of plan not look beyond the fight, of course, but plan, um, plan what I'm going to, you know, spend my energy and time on when I do come back. Like, it's going to be so exciting to, to get involved in some more projects. I've been able to get involved in a little bit just in between camp. And I've actually been able to be extremely social during camp, which has kind of kept my mental, um, state at a really positive place. So, uh, it's kind of like a combination of that. And then, um, and looking beyond like what we can do off these sort of opportunities that have been presented to me and then um yes. and everyone that I get to hang out with and and I've actually I've sort of uh changed up my working environment and and the incomes that I make on the side and all that sort of stuff so there's just like a lot of like things happening a lot of balls rolling that I feel like will manifest into um results in in like six months time <clears throat> uh, you know we've, we've talked about this before kind of like um how you're constantly thinking about the the future as well like after fighting and knowing you can't do it forever so um just taking advantage of the people uh you meet uh the things you learn through the industry like the other side of the side of it you know not just the coaching and the physical side of it just like production whatever it is um i always tell people it's like most of the reason i was out in the u.s as well was just like to to be in my circles and meet people and go to events and 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 link up with them and that's when People will see your skills anyway. It's showcased all over the internet, you know, always, like no matter what you do, of if course. you're doing it smart, yeah. you know, um, what you have to offer. Yeah. Uh, it just comes naturally when you find the people that you vibe with that, you know, and aren't trying to be part of groups that don't align with you or something you know, like that, you know, like it comes natural when you just comes from a genuine place when it's with people that you vibe with genuinely as friends. Definitely. It's, yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's really exciting to like, look beyond and know that this is I don't know about forever because I've, I've obviously encountered a lot of reasons to, to move or opportunities that have pushed me away from certain spots but I do, I do think this will be a permanent place for a long time or it'll be somewhere that I'll always come back to um, and for that reason I really want to build uh, more around my foundation of base here and, and, and more opportunities and hopefully trickle those opportunities down to everybody else that has helped me and, and been so welcoming here as well so yeah, and especially Positive. if you find like just athletic success at CKB, right? So that's just an extra big, Definitely. probably the main motivator at this stage of your life. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, right now I'm I'm at a yeah, not I'm I'm nearing the end of my career. I'd say I'm like just before the the last few, and and for that reason, I need to set up that last sort of run and and set up it for success so um i feel like right here is the perfect place for it nice did you do anything with music am i crazy is it like was there anything you were doing in music oh i wasn't necessarily doing anything in music but <clears throat> i had sort of um i guess like linked and networked with i was i was attempting to make my own well i mean we made it to be honest but it just the lockdown and everything that happened and then me moving away um change the direction of that but i had a um podcast studio that was going to be like obviously right next to a music studio and for that reason i ended up networking with a lot of people in the music industry and and just sort of opening up that um avenue and and, and moving into that uh kind of line of work and stuff so i was just sort of 
looking at it from another perspective where we could kind of cross the lines of the two industries and um and there was a lot of opportunity there definitely especially for australian new zealand culture just building up our street culture in a sense i do feel like mma molds to sort of everyone's culture like whether oh, it's yeah. fashion or music or all that sort of stuff it, it does sort of end up crossing over here and there and for that reason i did want to like sort of avenue into that but um it's right now it's sort of on the back burner and hopefully we can pick it up in another way or it has presented a lot of other opportunities so that's kind of how things go sometimes that's excellent no it does like it's it's sports in general you know like yeah so they always say there's a saying that i think every artist wants to be an athlete and every athlete wants to be an artist and that's why they mm. all like attend each other's events and link up all the time, you know, and ended up end up collaborating. Yeah. So, and then of course, art and music cool. is also like shapes culture. Yeah, shapes fashion, shapes you know, yeah. Exactly, Style. it's all creatives. Yeah. Just gotta broaden your horizons and you know use all the skills that God gave you. Like that's that's how it is. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. So there's a big card coming, a UFC card now this weekend, right? And it's in Australia. It's right right next to you. you you've lived there. Well, I see Oceania is like one big region that supports each other and everything. So let's talk about it. Uh, this is an exciting event. And people aren't talking enough about how this could be, in my opinion. It should be on paper the biggest MMA fight we have had. It's the pound for pound number one. It's <laughs> pound for pound so. number two. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then even more so just having it. Down under in Australia in Perth um, is so exciting, and and the whole card, like from the early prelims to the prelims to the main card, is absolutely stacked with Oceania talent, which is so exciting. I think for the Australian and New Zealand scene, it gives us the respect, I guess, that has been and the credit that has been sort of um, slowly building towards like a moment like this, where yeah. a card represents just how much talent we have on this side of the world. It's so exciting. Yeah, when I was breaking it down, we saw a lot of people. Um, I mean, most of them came from Eternal as well, and then a lot of them, uh, maybe three, came from Contender Series, and you know, so and two of them are making their debuts. Then, so it's just like it's all about talent. It's all new names that suddenly came up in the last two, three years, um, and uh, it's a testament to like just the hard work that's that's been put in, um, and the sort of the sophisticated school basically of 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 fighting that you guys have over there that's you know yeah definitely it's going to be absolute fireworks i'm so sad that i'm not going but i decided to make the sensible decision it is seven <laughs> hours away from here i kind of yeah. realized i'm a little bit further away now and um obviously like uh well our training schedule does run seven days so therefore i'd have to move some stuff around and there's just like no need for it two weeks out from a flight but pretty much everyone from the gym has gone everyone's over there uh. supporting all my yeah. friends back on the Gold Coast, like everyone is just like really showing out to back behind our community and our MMA community and all the talent that's about to really like show off on the weekend, I think. Yeah, that's a, two things. Okay, give me like one <clears throat> fighter, not the main event, who you're looking forward to seeing the most. I guess. Oh, it's a hard one because I honestly know like like half of the card um personally yeah. as well mm-hmm. I, I think like the guys from this gym especially like uh like i definitely obviously want to i can't wait for tyson to continue his great comeback streak so far hold having such a long layoff from the injury and and 
multiple surgeries and just like mentally persevering and the work he's done behind the scenes on his him as a man and then obviously having his daughter as well and being such a great father and partner all of those reasons make me mm. biased to be excited to watch him um and ex- especially like being emotionally invested Shane Young we haven't seen him since March 2021 in yeah. the cage obviously a, a Maori brother of mine as well representing our culture in such a phenomenal way and even all his like uh media build-ups as well like again coming from that humility and perspective of um becoming a better man and a father as well to his son um another like just phenomenal role model um I'm really excited to see Loma I love um as much as she's not from Australia or New Zealand she is somewhat part of the Oceana because she she's at Bang Bangtao and um and part of I guess the community of us over here and so um she's a phenomenal first Thai ever to be signed to the UFC phenomenal person that represents Muay Thai um from all of her experience and over 200 fights she she represents it really well in MMA and applies it really well um, Josh Coolabelle, Jack Della Malina, one of my best, best, best friends in the world, Shannon Ross, finally oh, man. getting his shot and like uh, debuting after the contender series, the chaos that, that yeah. unfolded. And, and I was speaking to his wife yesterday and just, um, I'm just so excited for them to manifest all the hard work that they've put together. And, and that man is again, like another phenomenal role model as a, as a human in general, but as a father and a man, like, and all the things that he's gone through, I've seen it from the get go, all, all of the, the eternal fights, some of the chaoses that kind of w- happened around those. And, and, and he just kept persevering and kept pushing forward. That's so exciting. Farjack as well. Um, uh, I forget his last name, but the other Jack, Jack that's coming from the Jack Wilkins. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, oh, Jack Jenkins. Jack Jenkins. No. The hell am I? Yes, yeah, Jack Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, we just talked about because like, yeah, there's a clip coming yeah. on him today. <laughs> yeah, fantastic contender series, and I almost kind of see him as the next generation. I don't really see Jack Della Molina as the next generation because I know he's been growing for a very long time, but he's yep. phenomenal. All finishes, very underrated. He's, yeah. But um, Jack Jenkins, I find he's kind of like coming through as our as a representation of of what opportunities the pioneers have now offered and trickled down. So, mm. um, yeah. And then just like, uh, Justin Tuffer as well. I'm so excited for him. Yeah. Just named every um, Aussie on the card car. over there and that every, car. everyone. <laughs> and I keep like scrolling through and I'm like, Oh, that's right. This person's on that card too. And then just having yep. the eternal card the night before. And we've got John Varke from here, another incredible person and pioneer of the sport as well gonna actually i think that'll be one of the best fights on the eternal card and here we are australian and then obviously imap as well <laughs> coinciding and we've got such Good. a strong new zealand and australian team amazing and tahiti we'll just r- r- those <laughs> like guys. all of them yeah i mean i met because those yeah. are the people i vibe the best way i worked a tournament here was the amateur world championships and it was like those are the people that were all sticking together and those were the people i was shadowing the australian team and like we all yeah 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 we all vibe the most yeah yeah and we all i think like once it's on the world scene as well for something like imaf we all just kind of dine together and, and help each other and i know the coaches are have great relationships between like the australian new zealand and the tahiti team so it's fantastic yeah like wh- wh- how do you see the main event go <laughs> um for the ufc yeah Oh, I'm riding with Volko till I die. Undoubtedly, that man is 
phenomenal athlete, obviously. Like, I just yeah. think people just still don't put enough respect on his name. He has the number one pound for pound in front of his name, and people just still don't yeah. even – they still underestimate Yeah, we'll do. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm just – I always – I I know that Islam is a, is a massive test, of course, yeah. and it's upper weight division. Not only is Islam on his own accord – um, a tough test, but um, of course, going up a division is gonna change things. But for like just seeing the fire and and the extra motivation that this has given Alex, it'll be super exciting. Oh, for sure. I'm putting my money on him because four to one for the pound for pound number one. Those are the odds as well. So, you know, are you gonna be betting on it? You should bet on it. Then. <laughs> yeah, I will now. Now that I just now that you just told four me, times I really, really place like. Two or three bets in my life, but it looks like I'll be doing another one. Should be. No, I was telling everyone this is the best like gamble you can take if, if it's a gamble. If you see this as a 50-50 fight and you get four to one odds, for example, you got to take yeah, it. Yeah. Is... And it doesn't even make sense, but still, I understand. Lightweight is a hard is a hard division and it'll be a hard test for sure, but yeah. I think he's got this one. Both divisions are stacked. That's my guy. So, yeah, yeah, let's see. I'm excited. excited. And Should we have a little me. candid... Hold yeah. on. I don't know if I can turn this down. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, oh. Yeah. The man. Who's that? The dog. Look at him. I love. Uh, dogs love me so much. <laughs> yeah. They just. Friendly. Yeah. It's like instantly, like even um, Ashley's dog, uh, Evan Smith. So we went. It's like this. Oh, yeah. She's like, okay, um, I'm about to enter the apartment. And it's like. She says he usually like barks a little bit, give him a minute or two, and then he like eases a little bit, and then he starts sitting next to you. I walk in. Oh, nice. Half a bark, just half a bark, and he comes to me, wants to be pet and everything. Never met me in his life, <laughs> and every dog acts like that to me, and every single person always tells me like my dog never eases to someone so quickly. Oh, that's crazy. Well, that's a good, good, good thing to have. Good testament to your personality. <laughs> yeah, because they, 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 they read personality. They read the real person. I feel. Absolutely, um, they know. Um, let's see. Sorry. Okay, well, we've we've gone through a lot of these. Oh, Walt Nimda asks, "Where do you get your hunger to fight from during the fight? Like, how do you tap into that hunger? I guess during the fight." I think every camp it changes. I think every camp has different motivations, and because of the circumstances beforehand. But um. But generally, like the one consistent thing, I just always draw off the motivation that I got from my family, from my mom, especially all the sacrifices that I've personally made and, and the journey itself. Mm -hmm. It's just like tapping into the past, like who you're fighting for, what you're fighting for, everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Anthony G. Sexton says, how well would boxing fundamentals mix with Muay Thai fundamentals such as slipping? Technical question. I feel like those are two very different sports and, and you kind of have to, if you're applying them to MMA, of course, then you have to take certain aspects of each, to be honest. But, um, but in a general, obviously Muay Thai prioritizes, um, the leg like strikes if you're looking from a judging point of view. So therefore, um, you can use your boxing. You can utilize it because you know that a lot of the other Muay Thai fighters won't, especially if they're from origins like Thailand and stuff. Um, and if you, you know, look at those boxing fundamentals, it definitely pays off. I've, I've won a Muay Thai fight just based on my boxing. So um, they oh. definitely have their time and their place. Yeah. 
because if you're only focused on the hands and you got that style pad down, like, and people aren't used to th those types of hands, at least from the hand part, if you're if they're also not used to the stance, you could use that to your advantage. Definitely, yep. but you have to, yeah, obviously take in both as well, knowing that you're going to get the shit kicked out of you if you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one, um, Maka Donalds is the guy's name, M-A-K-A -A Donalds. If you were to wrestle a football player, would you win? Yeah. If it was McDonald's, definitely. I definitely would win. Only just just as him specifically. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Ashley, Ashley MMA. If the doctor told you that you were no longer able to fight, what would you miss the most? I want to act like it would be the community and stuff, but it would be sparring for sure. It'll be sparring. <laughs> like I would just, I know like mentally I would just miss like, like that weekly therapy, you know? Yeah, it is. <laughs> like I think like it'll affect everything. So yeah, I would say that. That's interesting <laughs> that you went there. True, because I took completely for some reason slipped my mind that if you can't fight, you're probably not allowed to spar either. So that that goes away. Probably, yeah. So, I'm that, assuming. That... I hope, hopefully in a, in that ideal um, like situation, I would be able to still train, but not being able to spar would be terrible. Damn, yeah, exactly. Bronda358, other than MMA, what do you most want to be known for? I think my humility as a person. I definitely feel like legacy is always one of those words that gets thrown around and um, if I can leave a good impression on a lot of things and know that I was kind to the people that I met and, and a positive influence to, to those that I didn't meet, but that I um, obviously was performing in front of, then that would be one of the biggest things. Perfect. So it's legacy in life, basically. Like yeah, that. and humility, yeah. And the last one, so that we can get that out of the way. And I also have a follow-up question for myself. Uh, Hustle Miller, are you single? I am, but it's like the most asked question. That's why, so I got to put it in there. And I was just going to ask, though, because um, I have this conversation a lot with female fighters and updated female fighters and everything. Like, what, what's a, if, if you Could you even date someone who doesn't train or doesn't fight? Like, What's your thoughts on that? I've done it before, and I mean, yeah, you, I think you can definitely make it work. You just need to obviously maintain the fundamental... Um, I think what's more important is just maintaining the fact that you're both goal oriented, you're both driven and you both, um, I guess, especially for me, I have a really busy lifestyle. So if somebody else doesn't have that same sort of lifestyle, it can be hard to understand. I think that's, those are big things. It doesn't necessarily have to be MMA. I think hmm. fighters yeah. are sometimes not meant to be with each other. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is tough. And, um, but also, I think more like, but so you don't have that mindset necessarily that because a lot of the fighters have that mindset from a perspective of I can't feel even attracted to someone who doesn't at least train or something like that because of the feeling that they're with a citizen, like a, just a civilian or something, you know what I mean? Of course. And you have to, I think you have to align with whatever you're, like if you're an alpha, you should probably be with an alpha in a sense. Or if you're one of those alphas that's, I guess like a little bit more selfish or a little bit more narcissistic then maybe you need to be with a beta like I don't know but like in a general you definitely need to find what it is that you want and I think for me like of course I, I would like a an alpha someone who makes their own decisions from that perspective not necessarily be like the 
bully in the room, as per se, but someone who makes yeah. their own decisions and, and kind of leads from the front. That's always like a more attractive thing rather than just someone who can throw hands. That's not always like, that yeah. doesn't always make you an alpha too. So No. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> being able to handle confrontation, not necessarily physically. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, exactly. Being alpha people. Yeah. This is a this is a, would be a good segment for like the because Valentine's coming up so oh yeah getting, of course. getting advice yeah, from people Tuesday. yeah <laughs> I might I certainly think I secured my Valentine's date for today like today so oh, nice let's good. go that's it <laughs> that's a lucky charm <laughs> well you're gonna be you know you got the fight to focus on you know I'm busy I'm busy yeah <laughs> busy. Uh, besides everyone is asking if you're single anyway so you know. One day you can sift through all those and like. About it though. So what's the, why are you guys asking? Yeah, me. right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, thank you so much. So, uh, Bellator two ninety one in Dublin, February twenty fifth. So tune in, Janae Harding's rematch against Sinead Kavanaugh. Let's go! I appreciate it so much, and I will chat soon. I'll see you guys February twenty fifth.